0: Welcome to Bass Agenda This week, an extended version We've got three hours instead of two Largely because our guest has done so much music So much great music in his career uh, That uh, two hours just wouldn't have done him justice And as I've sat down putting this together I've also thought that three hours won't do him justice either (laughs) But we'll, uh, we'll do our best in the time we've got I'm of course talking about Carl Finlow Not only has he got an individual sound Each and every part of every track seems to breathe nicely on its own and compliment every other part as well and we're gonna have some great examples of that because he's chosen some of the tracks that he's most proud of making not just that though in hour three we've got a mix that he's put together spanning his career
2: this is carl finlow and you're listening to bass agenda
0: me when I put a show together for an artist that I've liked and loved their music for so long. I think my earliest uh, Carl Finlow purchase was back in '95, so it's a real treat personally. But I know you guys are going to enjoy it too. We've got everything from obscure Japanese electronics, hard techno, 80s classics, and just about everything else in between. If you want the track list for the full show, be sure to check out soundcloud.com slash agenda over the weekend. Coming up after this, probably my favourite Carl Finlow remix, which is Swayzak, featuring adult, I dance alone.
2: I had a passion for music in the mid 70s when I was about seven years old. My dad had been listening to, started to listen to a Japanese musician called Aisei Otomita, who basically took classical music and remade it, reorchestrated it electronically using move modular systems and roll and modular systems, gigantic electronic setups. Um, and I absolutely adored it, I couldn't stop listening to it. And Tomita was releasing one album every year through the 70s and 80s. Um, And I used to really, really look forward to the latest Tomita album coming into the UK from Japan. It was at this early stage that I realised that I really, really loved music. Not just the stuff that I was listening to on the radio, in the house, or the normal sort of UK cultural things like... I, I was from Liverpool, so the UK cultural music scene for me was the Beatles primarily, which I'd heard a lot of growing up. But yeah, when I heard Tamita and things like Jean-Michel Jarre also, it really pricked up my ears. I absolutely adored the electronic side of things. i first heard this album it floored me i'd i'd heard bits of electro before but nothing like this this was so pure and so brutal no messing about robot voices a very sort of direct message singing about japanese electronics um, this really inspired me this album to produce the voice stealer album it was a direct relation to, um, to Electroids and World, it made, this future. album made me want to do exactly to the, the same future. sort of genre singing with uh, processed vocals 808 beats, Welcome electronic instruments um, singing about electronics and wires and computers, uh, I loved it Welcome so this was a special album for me and um, there would be no voice dealer without this album just Sometimes Future. by Yellow. Yellow were another group like Captain the Peche Mode Future. that really captivated me with their songs. Boris Blank, who wrote the music for Yellow, Future. was like a painter in many ways for me. He could he could conjure up imagery with his music. I could just get lost completely in his albums and his soundscapes. And it worked so well with the pairing of him and Dieter Meyer. Dieter Meyer's very Comical lyrics in many ways were uh, a fantastic combination with um, Boris's music. Uh, I I adore everything they've done, Yellow. Uh, Again, just exquisite recordings, really, really fantastically well-recorded albums. So this is Sometimes by Yellow from the album, Stella. Future dad saw that I had this passion for uh, electronic music and one year he decided at Christmas rather than buy me the usual junk that gets thrown away and not used again, he decided he was going to save up and he bought me a Moog synthesizer, um, Little Moog mates MG1, it was released by Tandys in the UK, um, I guess that was about 1983. This was the genesis moment, this was when it all started really, when I had my own electronic instrument and I used to sit in my bedroom for hours and hours and hours, making strange UFO noises and trying to replicate what I'd heard on the Tamita albums. I just loved being involved with creating synthetic sounds. It was a very, very simple synthesizer also, and it gave me a a very good understanding of the basics of synthesis. What envelope generators were, what filters were, um, what square waves were, what you know, all the different little pieces that go to make up um, a small electronic instrument, so it was a very good education having this little move. The Bermuda Triangle by Isai Otomita. This is an electronic journey up to, into, through and out of the Bermuda Triangle. There's so much to say about this this album. I, I really advise anyone listening to go and check it out. Completely electronically made. And there's all kinds of crazy things in it. Tamita used computers to generate um, code pretty much like the code you use on the old Sinclair Spectrum loading things in from tape. But there's embedded codes within the album. And if you have if you have the right system you can load the code from the album and there's embedded there's encoded messages within the album he recorded the album in pyramid sound so it was wasn't even quadraphonic it was one more than quadraphonic his original recording was four speakers in a quad setup but one above you as well so pyramid sound never heard of that before Um, but it's just an exceptional piece of electronic recording and electronic music and this was what pricked up my ears when I was seven years old. This next track is by The White Noise and the album is called An Electric Storm. This song is called Love Without Sound. The White Noise, as many of you know, were people from the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. No, um, no sequencing, no MIDI. This was all pieces of tape cut up by hand, spliced together to create rhythms and bass sounds and backing pieces. just total experimentation. I've had a, a lot of time to listen to the BBC Radio Phenic Workshop in my life, and I've enjoyed so much of their work. It's so creative, and this album in particular is a real favourite of mine. I think it's from 1969. The only-
3: I got two types of music, there's good music and there's
2: bad bad, music,
4: whatever style they may be.
3: be.
2: In the 80s along game OMD, creating electronic art music really it was, and um, I found it fascinating what they were doing, especially this song Statues, it's such a haunting song, very gentle synthetic drums in the background and a string that just sustains for the entire length of the track. It's completely out of key with everything else and I I just find it so elegant this track.
0: selections from Carl Finlow so far taught me a thing or two as well some great great things to explore there next up Carl's going to talk to you about some of the tracks he's produced that he's particularly proud of making
2: I'm not sure many of you know that I I, I write music for I try to write music for film and TV and radio I release it through Deep East music um, and this one in particular has been used on quite a few things around the world japanese tv and national geographic have used it Um, this is called single cell and um, i hope you like it it's um it's another side of me that perhaps many of you don't know my soundtrack side it's nothing to do with the dance music scene at all
1: on the base agenda.
2: next track is Evaluation by Voice Stealer. The All Electric House album was a very big album for me. Not not in sales, but with the effect that it had on people. Every time I play a gig, some electro gig, people always come up to me and always mention the Voice Stealer album. Always ask if I'm going to do another sequel. It came from a special time for me. It was when I was first finding my feet with electro when I first discovered things like Drexia and Electroids and it had a big impact on me and I wanted to do something in a similar vein so that's where Voice Stealer came from Uh, the first time I'd got the microphone out and plugged it into the desk and put it through vocoders and really started experimenting with my own voice hence the name Voice Stealer Um, but this track in particular, Evaluation is a personal favourite of mine beautifully simple, really not much going on in it, but it touched a lot of people this track. first time I'd ever used a sort of full-length female vocal. First time I'd had my hands on something like this to work with and it was at a time when I was really getting into making my own uh, electro. So this was the first time I'd put two of these things together and I was absolutely so pleased with the result of it and I still like this track a lot even even to this day. So this is Hold Back the Night that I did for Fuel, somewhere at the end of the 90s. mine is called spectra and it was originally released on free range records part of their color series i like this because it's just a musical there's no specific genre to it it's just me being really relaxed about the, the music side of things um but I, I really like the the chord changes the sounds the production I like how gentle the song is and it, it really carries me away to a, a faraway place when i listen to this one Agenda. A remix I did for Swayzak featuring Kirsty Hawkshaw. It's called State of Grace. And again, it was it was such a high quality vocal. She's got such a fantastic voice. Um, and for me personally, it just fits so well with um, what I was doing at the time. The, the type of electro I was I was beginning to write. Um, so this was a real perfect fusion for me. software that I owned for music would have been around 1986 I had a Sinclair spectrum 48k and there was a drum machine released for it it was a little plastic add-on you stuck in the interface on the back and you loaded up the software via tapes like all the spectrum games and uh, it was called the Cheetah spec drum and it had eight sounds uh, really, really terrible quality, very, very low quality 8-bit sounds. But it had a little sequencer with it. You could sequence your own drum beats, and uh, those—that was the—that was the time where you used to have to chain your sequences. So you create sequence A, sequence B, sequence C. Then you had a separate page where you could literally write a line that consisted of A A B B C A B B so you'd, you'd string out your, your patterns that you'd written in a sequence of letters press play and voila that you had your, uh, your drum composition after the success of the Spectrum on my Sinclair Spectrum um, a fantastic new device came out which was called the RAM Music Machine and this was a step up from the Spectrum and it had a built-in uh, sampler 8-bit sampler Little microphone extremely low quality and I think it had one and a half seconds of sampling time but this was just unbelievable I could uh, bring things from the kitchen uh, cardboard boxes anything that was in my bedroom and start banging it in front of this spectrum and recording all the sounds Um, unbelievably not only did it have sampling but it had a duophonic uh, MIDI sequencer so I could plug this into my I had a Juno 106 at the time as well, another fantastic Christmas present for my folks. Um, so sampling my own drums and plugging in the Juno 106 and creating um, bass lines and all kinds of little melodies on the Juno and playing them alongside my sampled drums. It also had a digital delay and it believe it or not, everything was crammed into this tiny little box 8bit style. And uh, that was the genesis, really, of um, of me writing electronic music synchronised with computers and whatnot. of mine Proteus is something I did at the end of the 90s. Uh, I'd always been interested in sampling from sci-fi films um, and this one came from a film called Demon Seed uh, which was released in sometime in the 70s I think. I put some really heavy drums to it and some really deep droning basses and things and it was a track that I'd, I'd wrote primarily to be used um, in a live set so it's, it's quite a heavy track and I've played it many many times in my live sets and um, it always goes down well, it always sounds fantastic on a big system
1: And you're listening to Face Agenda.
0: there, Carl Finlow choosing some of his favourite tracks that he's made got lots more to come from Carl but in the next section of the show I'm going to play a few tracks, some new electro that's out there right now, first up self indulgent moment as I uh, play you something from the latest uh, in the Bass Agenda Presents series this is TF Hats out today, track called I Can't Breathe 35 for sending it over. Now this is Size Society. The track is uh, Indigo Bunting Great great EP also features a great remix from AE35 Recommend you go and check that out on Psy Society from the Swell EP Coming up next three tracks from three different compilations. I don't know what's going on at the moment There's just so many electro compilations coming out and the quality has been very 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 high indeed So first up From uh, Aliases Volume 2, which is a a load of electro artists that we all know and love using aliases to keep us guessing, this is Samaritan Sullivan with Mundo Perdido. Sullivan from Aliases Volume 2, we got into Polar Droid with Batman Fiend, that's taken from the Ad Astra compilation on Belgium uh, Belgian label Les Disques Cockpit, great uh, compilation on CD there featuring Alex Stark, Das Mustard, DVS Enemy, Noise and Noise several other guys, really nice, uh, nice piece of work that one, check it out. And this one is Luke Ear Goggle with Vanish Forever, taken from Remote Influences uh, recent release, a compilation called Reconstructing Fessaloniki, And now we're going to slip back into some selections from Carl Finlow, kicking off with some Depeche Mode.
2: See you by Depeche Mode. When I first heard this, it stopped me in my tracks really. It was so melancholy the chords were so minor and quite unsettling really next to all the silly happy top of the pops music that I was hearing at the time this came out and it was completely synthetic dark sounding um, very very unusual at the time and I remember just thinking wow this this is something I could really get into Depeche Mode became a really big part of my life. As a teenager, I guess you grab onto a few groups that really seem to make sense to you. And uh, for me, it was the Depeche Mode, and I followed them religiously. You know, went to concerts, wore black leather jackets with DM on the back. I did the whole, the whole, the whole Depeche Mode thing, and um, still follow them love everything they do. I managed to get into Mute Studios at one point in the in the late 90s. I think I was doing some work with Luke Slater, met Daniel Miller, um, recorded some vocals in, in one of the studios where Depeche Mode had done some, some of their work, and it was such a fantastic feeling for me. Uh, a real kind of Jim will fix it moment, if you will. Um, I perhaps should not mention Jimmy myself, really...
0: Is uh, Carl Finlow currently unreleased? It's going to be out on the uh, outside recordings free compilation uh, that's coming up in uh, July August time. Love the distorted riff on this. Tracks called Subunit.
2: That I have today, it has to be my Mac. Really, it's been so useful to me for so many years. I wouldn't be where I am without it. Really, I started using Mac computers around 1993. I think I had a friend who worked for Merseyside Health Authority, and um, each year they, each couple of years, they got rid of all their old computers, and they had a kind of computer junk shop where you could pick things up for almost nothing. And he managed to get me a Mac LC2 with monitor, just for I think it's under ten pounds or something like that. So he gave me this, and uh, I started using Cubase. Um, and then I've progressed with Max since then, really. So we're looking at what 22 years or something using Max now. And um, it's just it just does everything that I want really. It's recording studio, it's mastering. It's an unbelievable tool, as many of you know. Um, My preferred software to use is Ableton Live, and um, I've recently bought a Mac Mini, so that's now my new Mac. I've gone, this must be my, I don't know, 15th Mac maybe? So it's kind of a boring answer I guess, but the Mac is just the ultimate for me. I've got a whole load of new electro I've just written Um, it was written primarily for my gig that I did at the block festival a few months back in the UK Um, I've not really played many electro gigs in the last couple of years and I've been buying some new equipment some analog equipment uh, native instruments machine also which has been a big integral part of uh, what I've been trying to achieve with my new electro so I took that out for the gig the machine it's the first time I've ever played with a drum machine live live at a gig and uh, it was fantastic really loved it I've got 10 tracks that I've written as a kind of collection and I'm hoping to find a good home for these in the very near future I know lots of you have heard some of these uh, block so that's the immediate future anyway long term future I'll be moving house shortly leaving Paris and moving down to Toulon in the south of France have a nice big house there and for the first time in my recent history I'll have a dedicated room just for a studio so I intend to build uh, build this up over the years into something much more like what I was used to in the 1990s when I lived in Leeds we had a real studio full of real equipment so that's the that's the long-term plan. anyway. always a struggling artist at the end of each track that you're listening to um, pouring the heart and soul into it experimenting trying new things and it's very difficult to make money from music these days everything is free and streamable and downloadable instantly Um, and it's hard for artists to continue to continue with their creativity to continue uh, feeding their families you know it's as as brutal as that it's a job um, like any other artists sleep paying like everyone else.
0: Is uh, 999 Pythagoras by Terra from his new album on Body Control Records coming up now? We're gonna go into techno mode for a while. Kicking off with something forthcoming from the Subdermic. Thanks to her for sending it over. A track called More Substance. David Meiser remix, thanks to him for sending it over, fantastic stuff.
2: possessed by exit 100 uh, Thomas Ekman. this album was another real turning point for me I'd never heard Acid House done this precisely and with recordings of such high quality Thomas is known for having an absolutely unbelievable collection of recording equipment and it really shows on this album Um, but it was the precision of it that, that impressed me more than anything absolutely exquisite detail on the way he played the the 303s, his drum programming, the the whole thing was just sensational. It's um, an absolutely fantastic album. Circuits the album by Exit 100 and this song is Possessed.
0: I think my first Carl Finlow purchase back in 95, it was a uh, gold marble vinyl from Black Lads. I wish I could remember the name of the record shop I got it in. I know it was in Ipswich a long time ago now. But it was uh, one of those things going through a lot of records, seeing which one you wanted to spend your money on. And uh, the gold vinyl got my attention, but my god did the tracks get my attention too. It truly blew me away. Never ever get tired of listening to this, so I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be greedy, and I'm going to drop two tracks from it now. This was Carl Finlow working with Daz Quayle and Kevin Walsh, released on Trope Recordings, founded of course by the mighty Thomas P Heckman. First up, title track, Plastic Educator. To excuse the snap crackle and pop of my vinyl version of this, <laughs> it's been played a hell of a lot. This is Dirk Nadave from the New Judgment and Neon Electronics. You're listening to Base Agenda. Black Labs, track called High Noon. And after this, we're going to slip back into electro mode as Carl Finlow's guest mix comes up. All his own material, trip down memory lane in many ways. About 50 odd minutes of seamless, fantastic Carl Finlow electro.
5: gender.
3: and you are listening
0: Show, just a few more minutes left. Thanks and love out to Carl Finlow for taking part in Base Agenda and for putting so much effort into it as well. I think you'll agree, a very exciting artist. After 20 odd years in the game, he's still doing exciting things. Look out for new material coming out very soon on Billy Nasty's Electrics label. Thanks to you for listening and supporting Base Agenda. As I said earlier in the show, the whole thing will be available to download with full track list over the weekend soundcloud.com slash agenda I'm back in two weeks until then, take care